What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge Podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. This is the 61st episode of the Bros Who Binge Podcast. Lyndon, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. You know, got some... It's Watchmen's finally here. We got some Titan stuff to talk about. We have all your movie festival to talk about. I'm, yeah. I'm living I'm living on a super high off of the live podcast of Hashtag Anime Talk. So if any Hashtag Anime Talk fans listen to this or if you came to the panel, I just want to give tell you guys thank you, thank you, thank you. We really, really appreciate it. You guys showed out and it was such a good event. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I wish um, if I wasn't at the film festival stuff, I definitely would have made it out there. I think it would have been cool to... To see you guys do that, uh, yeah, man, really well. So it definitely did, and it, it it's leading to some some things in the future. Bros who binge will probably be doing a live podcast soon enough, ladies and gents. Maybe some pitch it at least pitch live. it. Yeah, we will figure something out. But oh, speaking of pitch it, the next match is coming up soon. I think it's time we might as well announce the competitors. The first first competitor is from the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You may know him as Jake Madison. He came on and did comic our Comic Con review, our first one with us. Talk some talk some some DC stuff. He's a very knowledgeable guy, if I must say so myself. And uh, he's taking on our other competitor from the Bourbon Street Shots, and from I believe his uh, podcast is called the. Uh, hold on, let me pull it up because I don't want to say I don't want to say the wrong thing. I believe it is called. Damn, I have on where are my pods at? I think it's called Bourbon Street Shots, if I'm not mistaken. Just like the uh, like the site. Oh no, it's the in in the know in the know podcast, and he's from Bourbon Street Shots. Our guy Shemit Dua. So we're super excited for that match. You guys should have that match no later than the next episode. We just gotta we gotta record and everything, just making sure everything lines up. But if everything lines up like we have planned right now, you guys will have that next episode. Uh, you guys will have that match for the next episode again. Jake Madison taking on Shamit Dua. It's gonna be a great match. We're super excited for that. But Shuby, how was your weekend, man? Nola Film Fest. Big dog out there in the streets with his media pass out here watching all these movies. Can't wait to hear what you thought about it. How did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, man, it was pretty cool. Uh, the one thing that I missed that I really wanted to try and get to was they did a panel talking about the blacklist. Ooh. And that would have been really neat. But man, like it's hard to be living in New Orleans going to th- three movies a day and with all the traffic <laughs> that's been going on with the, the collapsed building that happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Prayers out to all the, the citizens affected by that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just blew up a crane today. So, I mean, they were, they've just been like getting to work on it. So, but yeah. But anyway, going. Th- Going to the film festival was really cool, uh, mainly just because I got to check out like a, an array of theaters in New Orleans, and it's always really cool to see the old theaters. But I saw films that were more locals, local, and then uh, the big films, the ones that we'll talk about later. I saw like Jojo Rabbit that we've mentioned on the podcast, uh, Honey Boy, uh, and... I didn't see Ford and Ferrari, but I could have. But I did see. Damn! This other... Why you didn't see Ford and Ferrari? But uh, it's just, it's one of those things, man. When you're seeing so many movies in a weekend, 
you you have to ha- make some time for other things. Mm, and okay. I hadn't watched any football that day, and it was the Alabama game, and I was going to go out later, and I was like, I just don't want to be i just don't want to go to an eight o'clock movie that's going to get out at like 10 30. no i feel you i feel you yeah plus you got to prepare for other pods that we do on the network so yeah yeah, you have to watch you have to watch that football i feel you but schubert we got a lot to get into we got two shows to review we have your movies and we have a a lot of notes lo and behold we do we do there's lots of things to talk about um mainly our, our opening topic is the most exciting but also Lots to review with Watchmen coming back. Titans is getting good. Really excited about the next episode. So, yeah, I'm ready to go ahead and just jump right into it. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get started, bro. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is the big news that everyone knows that we are dying to talk about is Batman. Batman... We were huge on Jonah Hill being in the cast, and then all of a sudden, he's out. And Paul yeah. Dano comes in, and he's going to play the Riddler. He, uh, Jonah Hill's out, but, like, I get it. He asked for too much money, bro. Jonah Hill was doing that that rich boy thing. And, look, I'm not going to be like, because I was defending it last time, and, I, and I'm still like, I get it. You want to be paid. You're a big actor. You're an Oscar nominee. I don't know if you've won, but you have a high caliber and you want to get paid, but I get where Warner brothers and DC are coming from. They, they don't want to have another Jack Nicholas situation where the, with the Joker, where they're overpaying their villain more than their lead. And then their villain doesn't even come back and you have to end up paying the lead much more in the next time. And that's what I said, Robert, Robert, uh, Robert Pattinson was doing, he was going to double down. He's like, I'm going to take the low hit right now, but you see come those next couple of movies, y'all going to have to pay me more. And I, and I don't think they want to get themselves in that hole with Jonah Hill in case he has to come back. But in terms of who we got instead of the Riddler, also it, it may seem that Jonah Hill was going to be Penguin. Matt Reeves might have wanted him to be Penguin, but he wanted to be Riddler. And then, and this is the guy that Matt Reeves had in the back of his mind the whole time. Paul Dano, man. What can I say about this dude? Great, great actor. If you've seen There Will Be Blood, you know this dude can act. He can pull off the Riddler very well. He can pull off classic Riddler. He can pull off crazy Riddler. I just see this being a great addition to the film. Also, it was said that Seth Rogen was kind of was contacted about being Penguin, but that kind of fell off when Jonah Hill got out. So we don't know who's going to be our Penguin yet, but we do know who's our Catwoman. And I thought we talked about this last episode, but we didn't because the news came out right as we finished. Zoe Kravitz, man. We got Zoe Kravitz. Turns out the people that you suggested were in the running, as well as Zazie Beats, but it ended up going to Aqualad's stepdaughter. So I'm down with it, man. I mean, Aquaman, not Aqualad. Lord, Jesus <laughs> Christ. But Zoe Kravitz is a great actress, and I think she can pull off this cat, this cat woman that this film is going for. Right now, we have a very strong cast for this Batman with Robert Pattinson, Jeffrey Wright, Paul Dano, and uh, Zoe Kravitz. I'm excited. Yeah, I think Paul Dano was probably the better choice in in this. Not saying that Jonah Hill isn't a spectacular act, actor. I just feel like it's hard to it's hard to see past Jonah Hill sometimes. I feel like with Robert Pattinson, he's like not not too many people. I think a lot of people are still gonna feel the Twilight sting, but I think there might still be some people like the newer generation that really doesn't have no. that stamp yet you know yeah no i feel you 
Um, so I think that that's an opportunity there, but I feel like Jonah Hill is just someone that like is it is kind of like how it's really hard for me to watch Robert Downey Jr. in movies now because I'm only going to see him as Tony Stark. Yeah. Like, or like when you're watching Ryan Reynolds do anything that's his his, his Deadpool shtick. Yeah, because you're just like, okay, well, this is just like Jonah Hill doing like this shtick. Yeah. Or like I'll... Paul. Where like Paul Dano, every time I've seen Paul Dano in a movie, like he he's not like so well some he's not an actor that like comes to the, the forefront of my mind all the time. So actors like that always really grab me in movies because I kind of believe the character, and I'm like, that's whoever this person is, you know? Like I'm not, I'm not like this isn't Paul Dano playing this person. This is this person. Where like. Sometimes I feel yeah. like with the big actors, I'm like, well, this is just this person playing this person. And that's the thing. I mean, Jonah Hill's a great actor, and like, I was shocked when he got cast because I was like, oh, man, this would be amazing. But if you want to ask me what's the safer choice, but still on the same caliber of an actor, Paul Dano's safe, but at the same time, he adds gravitas to the film because it's like, yo, this Oscar-nominated actor, Paul Dano, wants to come and play the Riddler. Let's go, man. This is something that people should look forward to. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Zoe Kravitz, too, man. Like, Zoe Kravitz has really established herself as an actress. And, and like, I feel like this is the, the, her big chance at, like, the huge, the huge breakout role. Like, I really think that they might try and really do something with the characters that they're putting into this Batman film. I don't know about Paul Dano in the future, but I feel like Zoe Kravitz is kind of, like, this could be the start of her doing something serious with the Catwoman character, especially because, like, I feel like, uh, you in the comic run when they married, they did the marriage of Bat Batman and Catwoman. I feel like that's just like in the forefront of everyone's mind right now. Is that they'd really like to see like an on-screen Catwoman Bat Batman relationship. And you got to start it. You got to start it from. Yeah, start it somewhere. You know. Yeah, and my thing with all that, I agree with you. I don't know if Paul Dano will be back in any further bad Batman movies, but we know that Zoe Kravitz will probably more than likely be back. So she's probably locked in. And this is something that if she does well, she can be mentioned in some of that high top actress, like, or most sought after actress categories. This could get her to bigger movies. This could get her to down the line to get her to maybe even be an Oscar nominee. This is something that could start her career off with a bang. I know she's been in other smaller movies. I know she was in fantastic beast. And she whatnot, was in but Mad Max. Yeah, but this is something that could break her out. So good good looks for her. We also know Jeffrey Wright will be back, of course, as long as there's a Batman, we gotta have Commissioner Gordon. I'm ready to see who Alfred is, man. Let let like yes. Matt, come on, Matt Reeves. Like drop some bombs this week. I love getting Batman bombs during the week. But that's all I really got on this. Nothing really too much more to say or speculate. Just looking forward to seeing what comes next. Uh well, the next thing that we need to talk about is the Onward trailer. Onward is the newest Pixar film that's gonna come out, and it stars, uh, what's his name? Well, Tom Holland, Tom Holland. and oh, I'm blanking. Chris Pratt. Okay, okay. So Chris it Pratt stars and them, oh. and it's kind of like these two. They're two brothers that find out that they can bring their their dead father back to life with magic for one day it's in the i don't know if you remember when we talked about the teaser this onward world is like kind of like i wouldn't even say like bright where it's I, it's just like if the mystical world was just modern day it reminds me of far far from far far away in uh shrek 
Sure, yeah, definitely. That's what kind of gives me the vibes of. But now, nah, man, this, I mean, look, Pixar, we've always asked for new content, like new forms of, of, of stories from them. And this is a new story. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. Um, it's supposed to come out next year, next spring. And I think the story is really interesting. The world's definitely really interesting. And it's just one of those, you know, feel good Disney adventure adventure comedic you know, movies Pixar yeah movies yeah i mean it's gonna it's gonna i think it's gonna be great it's, gonna, it's right in their lane you know and i think it'll and teach Tom a lesson and chris pratt are two of the best right now so yeah no this will be a good movie it'll, t- it'll give for kids a, a a new some new characters to follow and a new world to explore and then maybe adults can see a lesson they can make some new money yeah, exactly. Instead of relying <laughs> on cars, Toy Story, the the Nemo universe, and monsters. Like, there's more universes than that, you guys. But in the one that y'all don't want to tap is Incredibles, which I don't understand why. But I digress. Don't want to step on Marvel's toes. Yeah, huh, talk about. Fantastic Four is coming. So, no need for more Incredibles. Uh, well, the, the next trailer that I watched was The Laundromat. Did you get to watch that one? It's it's a sh- it's a movie that it's an hour and a half movie. It's on Netflix. Uh, I didn't realize it was on Netflix until I had already put it in the notes. So, like, I don't know how long it's been. I think it just came out this weekend. Yeah, it did just come out this weekend. But it's got a great group of actors in it. But did you see it? No, I did not see the trailer. You told me I didn't uh, have to watch. You told me I didn't have to watch it. I tried to watch it before this. You, you told me you had this one on lock. Oh well, I just, I, I, you asked if I, if you had to see it. I didn't know if you did. But it's got you know Gary Oldman, Antonio Banderas, Meryl Streep. You know, it's a Steven Sonderberg film. Like, it's it's you know it an arch, it's an archy kooky film with some big time actor power in it, and um, it's based on this scandal where a cast of characters investigating insurance fraud chasing leads to a pair of flamboyant Panama city law partners exploiting the world's financial system, mm. which would be Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas. All right. So it's Meryl Streep's this investigating them. All right. I, I might peep out. I don't know if and she's like- investigating them, but I think so. I mean, she, that's what that's what they say. Oh, well, she's not investigating them. She's investigating the insurance fraud, and it leads her to them. All right. Word, 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 word. Yeah. Hey, man, Steven Soderbergh, I'm down. And David Schwimmer and Jeffrey Wright are also in it. Oh, cool, Sharon, cool. Sharon Stone as well. All right, well, this so is a big that's cast what I'm saying. Like, It's got, like, a, a big cast of characters in it. Um, and it's only an hour and a half, so I think it's a really easy film to go check out on Netflix. You know, I love hour and a half films. Because I get tired of going to these, you know, two hour and two two and a half hour monster movies. Like the next Star Wars movie is supposed to be the longest Star Wars movie it's ever. The you know the longest Star Wars movie ever. Are you complaining? And I'm, and I'm, yeah, I'm sort of complaining because I mean it sucks. Like I hate like that and End Game. Part of me not liking End Game was the fact that I had to sit there for three hours. I and actually I'm like, like the... move this along. Okay, well my thing is if you have a three hour movie. You have to have the movie flow the right way. You can't just bog it down. And Endgame just had bad pacing. If a three-hour movie has good pacing, I'm down for it. I have hope for Star Wars because JJ, JJ has to finish the story, man. There's a lot he has to he has to answer. So I'm cool with that long in that long movie t- uh, time for him. 
Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how they fill, fill the time. Like, I mean, th- that was the thing with The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi was the longest Star Wars movie, and it was just, like, a lot of nonsense. So. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> Yo, Canti- every time I think of Last Jedi, the first thing that comes to my mind is Canto Bite, and I want to vomit. <laughs> Canto Bite was so bad, bro. Like, that might have been the worst thing in... Well, let me not say the worst thing in Star Wars, because Attack of Clones did happen, but... What? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm just saying it did happen, but George yo, Lucas is not a is, di- is not a dialogue writer. He he does he, he don't hire him. Don't hire George Lucas for rom coms, okay, people? Like <laughs> he's making sci fi adventures. Well, we, yeah. we, he, he, he's, he's not he's dialogue. not trying he's not trying to be a smooth talker. George Lucas is not suave ladies man. Well, I'm just saying. That Canto bites that Canto bite thing was egregious. So hopefully JJ <laughs> JJ alleviates some of that stuff and gets things going. But speaking of egregious, what's the next topic? Because this is pretty egregious that this is happening. <laughs> oh yeah, Robert Zemeckis is going to direct Disney's live action Pinocchio because we all needed that. Why, bro? So okay, so we're gonna have a fake whale. Are we gonna have a fake cricket like just walking around talking to this fake puppet? That's based well, off of a well, real boy. Well, what do you mean, fake cricket? Like, obviously, you know, live action apparently in the Disney world is you know CGI cricket, so it's gonna look like a real cricket. That's what I'm talking about, like a fake CGI real looking cricket that's gonna talk. Is it gonna have a suit on? I mean, I don't know how they're gonna get a <laughs> cricket to wear a suit. <laughs> Yo, man, I don't. I don't need this. I'm not asking for this. If Disney wants to make any live action, which I'm hearing that there's talks. Where they're at least considering this, they they haven't put in, in any talks in motion yet. But Atlantis, like, if you want to make a live action movie for any of your movies, you should go to the ones that are less known that kind of support the live action theme. And I think Atlantis would be a great Disney live action movie for sure. Yeah, I think it would be I, an ideal one, especially one that's a little bit like deep into the catalog because I feel like they're just kind of rehashing a lot of the classics right now. And that's my and, thing. Like, Use something we that really that, like deep dive into the catalog. Like, I'm kind of glad that they're doing the Lady and the Tramp thing because maybe that's going to, like, you know, create, like, a, a niche lane for those movies to do a resurgence on Disney+. Plus. Like, you know, your Aristocats, your Oliver and Company, stuff like that. The best but, like, the best uh, dog and cat movies by far, Oliver and Company. Don't add For me. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very solid. Um... So I think like that's the lane they're gonna go for there. I think I get, I think they're just trying to get through all the classics, but I don't really feel like they all needed it, and especially yeah. because like you didn't really give Sleeping Beauty her thing because you went with Maleficent instead. So true. I don't. Know. I don't I, what are we picking and choosing here? Like I think if we're pick if we are gonna pick and choose, then let's like you know pick a little bit deeper in the cl- catalog and get something a little interesting. Emperor's because, New Groove. Oh, Emperor's New Groove would be really interesting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there's, there's interesting movies from the early 2000s that people are forgetting that would be way better than some of these 60s and 40s and 50s and 70s classics from Disney. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. We do not need Pinocchio. Are you going to give me Fantasia next? And Am I going to see a, a little mouse? Like a real mouse? Like, bro, get the fuck out of here with <laughs> this shit. Oh, like, get the fuck, bro. Yeah, going to do a goofy movie with real dogs. <laughs> Don't even clown, bro. Because <laughs> I fuck with I fuck with Goof Troop in, the, in, a, in a very go- a goofy movie and all those things, bro. Shout out to Max. <laughs> 
Dude, I'm not hating, dude. Those movies are dope. But uh, next up, we have Netflix has officially acquired the right to Jeff Smith's acclaimed comic book series, Bone. Following this development, the streaming giants announced that they will adapt the beloved property as an animated series, which the comic is based on. It will follow the iconic Bone Cousins on an adventure through a vast, uncharted desert into a mysterious valley filled with wonderful and terrifying creatures. Along with the show's announcement, creator Jeff Smith released a statement expressing his joy over the news and praising the team development for the project. He's ba- he basically said he's waited a long time for this. Netflix is the perfect home for Bone. Fans of the books know the story, develops character chapter by chapter and book by book. An animated series is exactly the way to do this. The team at Netflix understands this and is committed to doing something very special. So, for kids and, and, and cartoon lovers all over the world, this is good news. I'm not very familiar with the comic book bone, but I understand that this is a very big series. And for the creator to feel sort of similar ways that I do when I think some comic books are best served in animation form, I'm I'm down for this. I dig this. I'm going to definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm reading through the, the main information about it right now. Um, I mean, it sounds pretty interesting. And, you know, anything on Netflix is just an easy watch, especially if it's a short cartoon format. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely think it's something that I'll at least give a couple of episodes. My my thing that I've come to realize with most shows is that you've got to go three. It's like a rule of three for me now. Like, I will always give a new show three episodes. See, I've been that's give, like, I give two I might need to give three from now on. Because I learned that from Amazon shows. Shows that I've like gone to the third episode because like I'm like, okay, well I'm I have really just need to watch this series. I'm not really the first two episodes really, really haven't sold me, but it's always been the third episode that it's like hit like really hit the ground running for me with like some of those shows. So like I kind of adopted this rule of three. Real. Well, that's what's up. Well, we will be on the lookout for Bone. Can't wait to see a trailer. Next up, we have Naomi Harris is in talks to play Spider-Man villain Shriek in Sony's Venom 2. Shriek is Carnage rom- Carnage's romantic interest in the comic, so she's bound to team up with Harrelson in the movie to face off against Hardy's Venom. Sony recently dated an untitled Marvel sequel for October 2020, which super, which everybody's speculating that this is Venom 2. Schubert, are you excited for this news, getting more characters for Venom 2? I'm really excited about the news that they're really going forward with it. I mean, I kind of had, like, I was kind of iffy about it. I knew that they wanted to do it, but I didn't know, like, what direction they were going to go with it. But I think that they really want to, you know, stay true to this Carnage versus Venom idea. And I think this is, you know, really going through with that. So I'm excited about it, man. I, I really liked... The first Venom. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do again. Uh, Naomi Harris really isn't someone I'm that too familiar with. Um, She's a great actress. My thing is, I just hope she doesn't get the... We have we have uh, Michelle Williams. We have her great, great actresses both in their own right. But in the first one, they, Michelle Williams didn't get a lot of screen time. And I know Andy Serkis said that he's going to utilize her more. I just hope these women aren't just in this film for background character fodder. Yeah. So then that's just my, that's just my thoughts about it, but good, good for Venom too. We, I got to see a trailer before I say anything more about this. Cause I'm my well, excitement yeah, levels I mean, at like a medium. And that's going to be pretty far off. Cause I mean, it's going to be a year from now. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, it's not going to come out for, for a year from now. So we shall see what's up 
for uh, Venom 2. Next up, we have Jurassic World 3 cast. DeWanda Wise in a leading role, as well as Mamu, Mamu Adu Athi. So they've cast DeWanda Wise and Mamu Adu Athi in the Jurassic World 3. Not much really to, to say because we don't know much about it, but good for those two actors. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this new Jurassic World, especially after the short. Um, so... I'm not really too keen on these two actors either. I was hoping that you knew a little bit more about either one of them. Uh, not, but a, I, not, a, not a thing. But I, have not, I, I don't know anything about them, but I am r- really interested in Jurassic World 3 and just knowing that they're kind of formulating everything together and just the idea that they have going forward. I think there's a lot to be excited about. This is kind of DeWanda Wise's big, big breakout role she's been in some films with small roles, a lot of short films, none that she would, the biggest thing that I'd say she's been in, she was in an episode of Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire in 2011. So this is kind of her big thing. She was in Twilight Zone last year for one episode. So hopefully this can, you know, break out her career. Yeah. It's, uh, the other guy, are you looking at his stuff up right now? Yeah. I was about to pull his stuff up right now. See what he, see what, yeah, he, same thing for him. He's been in like, not many stuff. He has a lot of stuff projected for the future. So th- these are both big breakout roles for him. The biggest thing I've seen him in was he was Grandmaster Flash in the Get Down. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know who this is now. So that's that's these two basically unknown actors trying to get their their get their pop off on Jurassic World three. Good for them. Sure. Yeah, I'm really interested to find out the direction that they're still going with. They they have already said that Chris Pratt's returning, huh? I don't know. See, that's what I, I asked last time. And you said, yeah, I'm pretty sure there he is. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that in an article. Um, I'm going to look that up. Uh, but no, I got the next story. So never mind. We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk touch that on that stuff. another time. There's going to be more Jurassic World 3 news, I'm sure. Uh, so Mattel Films and Daniel Clue is nine, uh, 59% banner. And Valparaiso Pictures are partnering to develop a live-action motion picture based on Barney, Mattel's iconic purple dinosaur. Working with... Is, <laughs> yeah, go. No, I was going to say, and this is not like SNL skit where they made fun of Joker by saying Oscar the Grouch on a dark take. This is not a dark take <laughs> of Barney. This is a real, actual Barney movie. Yeah, like this is supposed to be a kid's movie. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, Mattel Films' Robbie Brenner said, working with Daniel Kluwa will enable us to take a completely new approach to Barney that will surprise audiences or subvert expectations, which is where everyone was starting to like freak out about. Um, <laughs> but then, he's, then he goes on to say, the project will speak to the nostalgia of the brand in a way that will resonate with adults while entertaining today's kids. What do you mean resonate with adults? Bro, Barney was just a show where kids like learned lessons and they sang songs. That's all. It, it was like a it, it, they, they had no plot to Barney whatsoever. It's not like Dora the Explorer where, oh, a Dora movie that that could possibly work. This, I, whatever, man. Cool. Not for me. Daniel Kaluuya, you need to be doing other things. You shouldn't be doing no Barney movie right now, bro. You wildin'. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know about all this. This is kind of weird. Like, is he gonna don the suits? Like, is he gonna <laughs> no. take on the Barney mantle? Super, he's not about to be Barney. He's probably gonna be one of Barney's friends. That like the way I'm picturing this is, it's like in the real world, Barney come like it's gonna be some CGI Barney, and he's gonna travel around with Daniel Kaluuya doing. Oh, the it ain't shit. gonna be CGI. It's gonna be someone in a suit. <laughs> 
you want you want a, a kid a, a man in a suit for that Barney role, huh? That's how they that's how they always done it. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, if it's gonna be on the movie, I'm picturing CGI Barney, Baby Bop, and whatever the other fucker's name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the yellow guy. Yeah, whatever his name is, I don't know what his name is. He wasn't as cool as Baby Bop, so I don't know. So that that's the yo interesting story. Side note to this, to tell the fans, do you know I could have been on Barney? Did have I ever told oh, the story? Yeah. Yo, okay, you could have so, met Selena Gomez. I I literally would have been in the cast of Barney. They did like some casting thing in New Orleans, somewhere in Lafayette. My mom or somewhere in Louisiana, and my mom brought me, and they were like, "We love you. You look, you fit the way we were the we're, the, the the direction we're going." Blah blah blah. All you got to do is sing the song. And my mom said, I would not sing the fucking song. Like, I just wouldn't sing the song. And like I like and, and then when I got in the car, I started singing the song. She's like, well, I don't know why you're singing the song now. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you idiot. I froze up, bro. I could have been I could have been out there in these streets. You could have been a star, dude. Selena Gomez was on Barney. Chris and Brown, like, too. Someone, Chris Brown. Yeah. Hmm. So hmm. just 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 to throw that out there, young Lynn. Could have been on Barney, but yeah, man, whatever. Daniel well, Kaluuya. Well, now Daniel Kaluuya this... is gonna don the mantle, and he's gonna take. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna give us. A, he's gonna get to the root of Barney's life, and we're gonna get those unanswered questions. Like he's you know, not donning the fucking man. Like, did he sign the proper adoption papers for Baby Bob? Stuart, <laughs> you really think this? Or is he just a creepy suit? uncle? I'm willing to bet right now, fans who are listening to this, this Barney is going to be CGI and Schumer's going to be upset. <laughs> it's going to be dumb. It's going to be dumb if it's CGI. That's all I got to say. Like, put on the suit. Someone's got to don the mantle. Like, like whether whether it's my boy, whether it's my boy Jonas, who's like, you know, doing uh, Chewbacca, you know, someone's got to get up in there. Andy Circus, you know. <laughs> Andy would spit on you for just saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Where the Barney suit? Well, apparently, apparently that's if this isn't a taboo thing in Hollywood, a Daniel Clue is going to sign on to doing a Barney project. Like, you know, this Daniel apparently Kalua, this is an absurd thing to do. He sounds he sounds like he's strapped for cash, but he shouldn't be. Get out, made so much fucking money. Like, what is he doing? Like, this is a bad move, bro. I'm sorry. Is he going to be a Black Panther? Is this going to be the next Black Panther movie? I don't know. Probably not. They probably kicked his ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh, oh what's, well. What, what we got next up? <laughs> All right. So next up, Jessica Henwick and Neil Patrick Harris are going to join the Matrix movie, the fourth Matrix movie. Yeah, this Matrix movie is just getting weirder and weirder. What is Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris gonna do in this Matrix movie? He might be like, you know, how they had the Oracle and those types of characters. He might be one of those things. I'm not gonna hate on Neil Patrick Harris though, because I mean he is a good actor, so it's gonna. Be, I just think it's you know an interesting, an interesting cast to I think, bring I in think Neil Jessica, Patrick. I think Jessica Henwood fit, fits the Matrix perfectly. Yeah, I mean she's a martial martial arts person, so that makes total sense to me. But I, again, thinking with the characters from the Matrix, like Neil Patrick Harris could be one of those people that was in, you know, the control room. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like or the yeah. Oracle, something like that. One of those types. Something like that. Word. Well, next up we have Patton Oswald has joined the cast of The Boys in a top secret role. We're waiting further details on the series. Oswald is the latest addition in season two cast following newcomers Aya Cash as Stormfront, Gorin Vizhnich as Allstar, 
uh, Adiana and Claudia Dumont as Victoria Newman. Also, John Giancarlo Esposito and Malcolm Barrett has also been confirmed to reprise their roles as Mr. Edgar and Seth Reed, respectively. This just gets me excited for season two of The Boys, the the, the highest stream show on Amazon. We are, we are so ready for season two. Glad to see Patton Oswalt joining. I, want, I can't wait to see the direction that they take season two in. Give me more boys content ASAP. Yeah, so it looks like one of these characters is for sure a superhero, and, and the other two, I assume, are probably some people that are going to work with the boys. Well, you, my, my thought process is this, because I've read about the comics. There's other superhero teams that they could take on. I'm assuming they're going to probably meet the, the version of the Teen Titans or Young Avengers this season. That's what I have to guess. And let me let me clarify my thoughts just by seeing how old this Aya Cash person is. Yeah, she's pretty young, so she could kind of. Oh no, she's she's like normal age. Never mind. I don't know. She could probably do it. I don't know. Never mind. She's kind of older, so I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder if they're gonna bring the because that was a major storyline in the boys dealing with like Huey and in the boys versus the Teen Titans Titans uh young young Avengers type style team. So. Interesting to see where we go for season two of the boys. Well, I think that would be a good direction to go because I think it is very hard for them to take out the you know the main group right off the bat. Like I think they're gonna have to do a little bit more smaller things. Like you know, really the initial kill for them. I don't want to like ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but the initial kill for them kind of like didn't fall by accident, but it kind of landed in their lap. It wasn't something like, they planned. Yeah, and I feel like you know hunting superheroes down would be a lot more difficult if you started at the top. Yeah, and especially how season one ended. I know they're gonna be wanting to go there, but I'm 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 assuming they're not gonna go straight for Homelander's head next season. We're gonna save that for probably the final season of when this concludes. I also feel like uh, Starlight's gonna have like some kind of role with all of that on that end of things. You know, maybe I not like it. working for the boys at the moment, right? Like right away, but like I feel like that's how we're gonna be connected to Homelander and all of that while we're focused on like some the boys doing some other thing yeah she'll be our eyes for the stuff going on with the the what is it the six or the what what, what are they called i think the, it's the six or something or the seven the seven the seven the seven yeah it's the seven but uh next up we have ryan reynolds and john krasinski are in talks to boy the to board the fanta the fantasy comedy imaginary friends at paramount studios krasinski will write direct produce and star while ryan reynolds will co-star as long as the deal goes through the story centers on a man who can see and talk to people's imaginary friends trouble emerges from imaginary friends who like friendship and turn to the dark side bro ryan reynolds is probably about to do this shtick again as, <laughs> as an imaginary friend another deadpool He's just going to be an imaginary friend for John Krasinski. Oh, you think that's what's going to be? You think he's going to be the imaginary friend? I mean, that's okay. a, I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like. And he's going to do like, you know, he's going to be like nice at first. And then he's going to be like, yeah, well, you should just kill him. <laughs> that's what I mean. Look, if Krasinski's going to write, direct, produce and star. And they say Ryan Reynolds is going to co-star. And this is about imaginary friends. I don't think they're going to be two homie real life people. One of them is going to be the imaginary friend. And I, if I have to bet any money on it, I'm thinking it's Reynolds. He's going to be pulling that Deadpool, Detective Pikachu, just his shtick. <laughs> so, well, hey, if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. And speaking of Reynolds, rumors around Deadpool 3 have been swirling. Uh, would you be interested in another Deadpool film? Because he's been meeting with uh, the MC. He's been meeting with Marvel. And uh, Kevin Feige, 
will Deadpool meet other MCU heroes? But they will. They did say they're going to keep it R-rated. Going to be interesting to see how you fuse him with the MCU or if we're going to keep that separate. Also rumored is that Vin Diesel is up for the role of Black Bolt in the new version of the Inhumans, as well as Aaron Taylor Johnson is up to be Maximus, his brother. This is These castings are being looked at for the show Miss Marvel coming to Disney+, Plus, which will lead to a spinoff for a new version of the Inhumans under Kevin Feige instead of Marvel TV like last time. It's interesting to see if that if this those rumors are true because I think the, the the Deadpool stuff is just a matter of time and cool if they do Deadpool three that's what's up good for Ryan Reynolds I'm I'll, I'll go watch it I think the the second part of this story is more interesting because we have Vin Diesel like you said off air we have him voicing one character and being the face of another and then we have are we gonna bring Aaron Taylor Johnson back to play a totally different character. Weird, 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 and especially since he's Quicksilver, and now we're about to get the X Men. I guess they're trying to kind of shoo shoo that under the table, but I don't know, man. This is all very, very. Well, the thing is, is he was so undistinguishable as Quicksilver. He like, really was. I didn't even realize that that was him. Mm. And, I, and every time I watch it, I still really don't realize that that's him, like because he doesn't seem like the same guy. So I think like maybe he can come in and look different. I don't know. But, I mean, it's also going to be a TV show, but that's, you're saying it's going to be adapted into the movie? The universe. Like movie. The, I mean, this is Disney+, Plus, so all of this is, like, MCU big-time television. But it's, it's all M- MCU now because Kevin Feige runs the whole television department, so this could spawn into a movie. I don't know if they're going to bring any humans to the big screen or if they're going to keep them on the small screen, but these characters will move forward in the MCU once they're introduced in Miss Marvel. Well, I mean... I think they've kind of retconned Ultron in a way, you know? Like, of course, Ultron, the Age of Ultron movie still serves a purpose in the ultimate Marvel timeline. Mm-hmm. But they also nixed Wanda's accent. So mm-hmm. maybe all that stuff didn't, just didn't exist. <laughs> we shall see, man. I don't like, know. Because I feel like they've just totally adjusted Wanda's storyline. I feel like like I feel like in like this new WandaVision stuff, like none of that's even going to be real for real. So. She's, well, she's about to turn evil. Oh, yeah? They said she's going to be probably one of the villains, if not the main villain for Doctor Strange. The mystery of the multiverse, or whatever the fuck that shit's called. That would be dope. So we, we shall see with all of this, but I'm more interested in the next topic, which is more, well, not necessarily rumors, but Suicide Squad picks have leaked, and we have who some of these characters are. Pete Davidson is going to be playing Savant, who is a DC, just a, a, a vigilante of DC, essentially. He's he's a gun-wielding character, a uh, guy who wears a mask. Just your typical DC, uh, your typical DC vigilante. I'm trying to see. He he's from Gotham. He's from Gotham City, but Batman kind of shoo-shooed him away, and he kind of trans. He kind of goes from city to city, being uh, a vigilante. Some of his powers are that he's a genius. He exhibits. Uh, forgetfulness due to a chemical imbalance but he's, he's he's mostly human that had some like experiments done to him not nothing so too you're serious. talking about Pete davidson yeah it's Pete davidson so he's probably he's pretty much like uh mclovin and <laughs> kick-ass <laughs> kind of but like a little more like not evil mm. well i mean he's part of the suicide squad so he could be evil i don't know but uh next up we got fula borg is playing javelin uh, a C-list DC, uh, maybe even a D-list DC villain that throws, what, what do you guess? The javelin. <laughs> we have uh, 
Are they like like actual javelins that she has to like you know retrieve? Or uh, can she like generate javelins? It's a he and I uh, I, I think uh I don't know. I think they're like actual javelins that he has to go get. Uh. <laughs> like that he has to retrieve. Like I don't know if they come back to him. They don't even come back to him like Captain Boomerang. Like I, I think he I think he has like a from this picture I'm looking at on, on like the internet, he has like a pouch, like four like Six big pouches on both sides of his legs. So he's like has, green. He's like Green Arrow, but he doesn't shoot a bow. He throws, throws javelins. Javelins, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. James Gunn's going for the deep D-list characters for this. Uh, Mei Ling's gonna be Mongol, the sister of Mongol, which is very, very interesting for future ramifications of the DC universe. I can't wait to see how that's explained. And Nathan Fillion's is gonna be Blackguard or. One armed man. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be Blackguard though. And um, let me tell you guys real quick who Blackguard is from the DC universe. He's a villain. And he's an enemy of Booster Gold. Uh, he's from the future, but I don't know if we're gonna go with that version of him. That's just the main version of him. He uses gadgets, energy shields, all that type of stuff. So he's a human, but just with super high tech stuff. And then we've also found out that tentatively, and I don't know if I believe this quite yet, this is another rumor that Idris Elba is going to be playing Vigilante, the DC of Vigilante. <laughs> Obviously. So those are some Suicide Squad, just some tidbits on Suicide Squad. Hopefully we'll get some more clarification to who these guys are as of now. That's just rumored. But the set picks looks like James Gunn taking his flair and bringing it to the DC world and, and busting out these C-list, D-list characters. Yeah, um, I think I think a lot of people were upset to find out that Idris Elba was not playing someone bigger. You know, like the Bronze Tiger was a. I was upset for that. Yeah, I thought like he was definitely gonna play Bronze Tiger. I don't get the vigilante casting because I feel like that's kind of a waste, but. We shall see. I, I'm still not believing he's vigilante yet. And, but who knows? He might do it. He might do it justice. What were some of the ones that you were saying? Like there was a lot. Like so, Pete Davidson's doing that one that you you talked about. Yeah. Um, say the, what the other ones are. It's a uh, Fula Borg is javelin. Uh, Mei, javelin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mailing is Mongal, the sister of Mongol. Well, who, who's Mongol? Mongol is the is the um, leader of War World in space. He's this tyrant that... Yeah, I know War World. Yeah, he's a Superman villain that uh, he makes Earth's heroes go to War World and compete in his tournament of champions, and the winner will usually fight him. And it's, it's, it's that whole shtick of, like, a tournament. Well, so do you think that that might have, like, something, uh, something to do later down the line? I think if they're introducing her... I think we could see War World, War World later down the line, maybe in a Justice League film when we finally get one. Yeah, or I could see that as as a Superman film too. Yeah, um, either way. Because like, imagine like Superman meets Thor Ragnarok in War World. Yeah, I mean, look, either way, whether it's a Justice League or Superman film, by bringing in Mongol, that's something because because Marvel has done Thanos, you kind of have to put Darkseid on the back burner for right now. And do other things, and Mongol is a great idea for that. Well, yeah, and I think like what's interesting with like some of the names that you're saying, and uh, that's why I wanted you to go through it again because some of those may not be so big for this movie that's coming up, but they are little bits and pieces of DC lore that are put, sprinkled in 
to yeah, like, know, to let you I, know that the, like you know we understand like uh, we got to build this up and how we need to build. Yeah, like the fact that Blackguard's in this, if it's really him, and he's his normal identity, the villain of Booster Gold. Does that mean we have a Booster Gold in this universe? Are we gonna get a Booster Gold movie? A lot of this stuff, if accomplished right, could be the setup that DC fans have always wanted. Well, yeah, and I mean, and if he is Booster Gold's enemy, and he is he a time travel person? Like, are we gonna? Exp- I you know, I assume we're gonna explore going through time if we do go get flash yeah so so i still, I, I don't think we're gonna get the flashpoint movie that we were expecting but I, or maybe we still are but uh i still feel like that's gonna be some some kind of story told with flash down the line yeah at or some at point least they're, flash they're gonna do, gonna do something with time travel because i mean at, yeah at some point they're gonna definitely do the flash time travel storyline but that I mean that's that's really all I have on the Suicide Squad stuff. As more information comes, I will be sure to bring it to you guys. Should be what we got up next. Next, um, Ben Zeitlin is going to do a new take to Peter Pan. He's going to do a movie called Wendy, which is going to hit theaters February twenty eighth, twenty twenty. It's going to reimagine the classic tale and the viewpoint of Wendy. Who finds herself lost on a mysterious island where aging and time have become have come unglued. She must fight to save her family, her freedom, and her joyous spirit of youth. So pretty much the Peter Pan story, but with a new take one with Wendy. I don't know. It's gonna actually it's gonna come out on theaters, so I don't really think this is gonna like make too many major waves because it's not like attached to Disney or anything. And then you know if Disney if Disney gets wind of this, they could just be like, oh, let's fast track that Peter Pan movie. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking that maybe this would be something that would push that along because we were talking about Pinocchio earlier, and I feel like doing doing a well, more well done Peter Pan would benefit way more than doing a Pinocchio because it would, you know it actually give you know you actually need actors for it. <laughs> no, I agree, man. Like Peter Pan would be a great take to do now that CGI has gotten a lot better. We could get a beautiful looking Neverland. Like that would be something that could be really cool if executed the right way. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of people who have been trying to do it, so that's why I like. I understand why they haven't made that move because it has been sort of a subject that's been used over and over again. There have yeah. been so many iterations of Peter Pan and TV and film, so. I understand why they're they haven't been making that move, and I don't really think it's anything that needs to be pushed. So, but I am interested to to see this. I am kind of a Peter Pan. I wouldn't say lover. I would say like Peter Pan uh, fan. Fan. I wouldn't even say stan fan. Junkie. I guess. I I guess I could say Stan. Like I I like pretty much anything that has to do with the lore of Peter Pan. Okay. Okay. So but, you're. you're... You're not, but I don't necessarily like the character Peter Pan. Okay, you just like the story and the lore and everything surrounding it, not necessarily yeah. P- Peter himself. Like I would like to see some more um, stories told about other aspects of Neverland. Mm, okay, and I don't, I don't know if you're gonna get that, partner. Well, no, I don't even need it like in big films or anything. Like I think that could be something that you could do on Disney Plus. Um, you know, different different mediums. I'm not saying that that's anything that needs to be pushed. Like that's why I say that's what I'm saying from the jump. Like I don't really think anything with Peter Pan needs to be pushed. I'm not not I'm not disinterested in this story. Uh, but like I don't really think that this really needs to drive Disney to doing anything with a Peter Pan project because I really just don't think it needs to. 
I, I, just, I mean, how many times are we gonna are we gonna do Peter rehash Pan? it? Yeah, no, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, no, I feel you. But uh, the final news story for today, just something light, update for you anime fans. Uh, the Cowboy Bebop live action production has been put on hold. We're gonna have to the series is gonna end up getting pushed back. We have to wait eight to nine months for our lead actor to recover because he broke his leg doing a stunt. John Cho, maybe he can do the spike stuff, brother. Maybe that means he's going to be badass. He broke his leg. We shall see. <laughs> I should laugh at that. That's not funny. Or maybe that means that he can't do he the do stuff because he broke his leg. <laughs> so. <laughs> Fucking John Cho, man. But. That's all the news we got today, Schubert. Let's get to the box office breakdown. All right. So starting off at number five is Gemini Man. But is this the second week that it's opened up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's sitting there at the bottom of the, the five. But it's still in the, the top five, so good on them. I've heard it's a trash movie, though. Yeah, I heard it's horrible. <laughs> Sorry, Will. Like, heard Will putting out stinkers, bro. Like, damn, Will. Yeah, damn. man. Come on. Um, <laughs> Ang Lee, what are you doing? Number four is The Addams Family, the animated movie. I actually heard that was pretty good from, like, people I'm who I'm sure like it is really good. And I think everything they do with The Addams Family has always been pretty good. I wish they would bring that back as a series. Do you? Did you ever watch the animated series, The Addams Family, when you were a kid? I'm not too sure. I don't think I did. I think I, I watched know. the I think I watched the live action stuff with my mom, like the black and white shit. Okay, yeah. Well, they did a Adams Family animated series. I think it was on either Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network. Uh, you know, back in the the glory days. I'm about and, to. Um, I'm about to Google it. Uh, yeah. Anim- animated series. Let's see what's up. See if I saw this. Um, it's, is it the 1973 version? Uh, I don't oh, know. oh, no, 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 the 1992 version? Yeah. Let's see. I don't think I've seen this one. No, I have. Oh, uh, yeah, I have. But, like, I didn't watch it. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I know what it is, but I, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watched it. I was, like, really into that. I don't remember too much about it, though. Yeah, but, yeah, see, I watched the Black and White Adams Family with my mom in the 1964 series. That's cool. Well, I mean, I think the Adams Family is just an interesting story altogether, so I'm not surprised that it's doing well. And it works during Halloween time for, I mean, kids yeah. who like Halloween, and, like, there's not necessarily Halloween movies for kids. This one is for kids. For sure, definitely. Um, number three is Zombieland 2 Double Tap. I should have um, went to see it. I think this is exactly where we would expect it to be on this list with the other two that are ahead of it. Um, but, yeah, this was a pretty big release for Zombieland 2 to come out. I haven't heard anything about it yet, though. I heard it was decent. I haven't heard any negative. Let me say this. I haven't heard any negative things about it. Gotcha. And that's better than not hearing nothing. Yeah. So, because, I mean, I've heard, uh, I've heard negative things about Gemini, man. That's a fact. So, uh, number two, Joker has been taken from the top spot. It's at number two. Um, and I think that's mainly just because at number one with Maleficent, it's just, you know, riding the Disney wave. Yeah, exactly. And I th- and look, good for Joker because it's, it's almost at a billion dollars. It's close. Yeah, it's close. So, good for, good for Joker, man, but good for Maleficent. Shuby, it's time for the movie on the rise. Uh, I'm going to go first so you don't take mine. Okay. Uh, this week, 
Well, no, it, it, no, it already, no, actually, you can go first, because what I was going to say already came out. Oh, all right, well, um, I was probably just going to direct people to go watch the laundromat that we talked about earlier, or to maybe check out that Paul Rudd series that just came out, and also the series that I mentioned on a couple episodes back, Looking for Alaska, just came out on Hulu, but that's, you know, if that's your sort of thing, I'm not going to direct everyone to watch that. Just as when we get to the movies I'll talk about, there's one movie that I think is great, and I loved it, but I wouldn't really recommend it for Lyndon. Oh, so you wouldn't recommend the Alaska so- series for me? I don't really think that you're into, like, you know, teen, uh, you know, lovey-dovey, coming-of-age shit. Yeah, I'm not. You're right. It's okay. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there'll be no worries. Uh, My movie on the rise is a new anime movie called Black Fox. You can watch it on Crunchyroll, VRV. This movie is fire. Also, My Hero Academia, I know I might have said that last week, but the first episode, the first real episode of the season dropped this past Saturday. So it's I want to say that again, give shouts out because I just bought a new Deku figure at the anime convention and I'm all My Hero Academia hype. But Black Fox, check it out on Crunchyroll. Check it out on VRV. Uh, yeah, that's my movie on the rise. There's not too much new stuff that came out really that I would say other than that. Yeah, I was looking through what's coming out on TV this week to see if there was anything, but there's not really anything uh there's not really anything until we hit November. Yeah, I know. And then I'm trying to see uh, this Thursday for movies if we go, uh, you know, see see if we have anything to watch in terms of, uh, in terms of going to the movies this week for the show. And I'm like, I don't really see too much coming out this Thursday. No, neither do I. I think the next big release is Terminator. Mm-hmm. In, in November. See, this Thursday I'm gonna be watching One Piece Stampede. So. Oh, well, that could yeah. be my movie on the rise, too. One Piece Stampede comes out this week. If anybody's a One Piece fan, the new uh, One Piece movie will be out in theaters. And for people in Lafayette, it'll be at the Grand 16. The subbed version on the 24th, which is a Thursday, I will be at that showing. But on the 25th, oh, no, on the 26th, there's a dub showing. And then I believe again on the, oh, no, that's it. So, yeah, you got to see it on the 26th or the 24th or you won't be able to see it. So I'll be on the 24th for the sub if you guys want to come say what's up. Yeah, but that's it, Shuby. Do you want to do your movies before we jump into Watchmen and Titans? Yeah, let's do that. Um, I'll go ahead and talk about the ones that I've seen so far. Uh, The first night I saw Jojo Rabbit, and man, that was a really spectacular film. I could definitely see why it might be generating a little bit of Oscar buzz. Uh, Scarlett Johansson did a really good job in it. It was you know, powerful, but also comedic and really kind of gay perspective, but also was, you know, not as like, I mean, it, it didn't glorify anything that it wasn't supposed to glorify, which Mm, I think was what a lot of people were worried about in a film that was about a a kid Nazi. Mm -hmm. Um, But it more so just kind of gave you a, a semblance of what it was like for a kid to be growing up in that environment, but in a very comedic way. Like, it's a very funny movie. Like, it'll make you laugh all the time, do you think especially it's, do you think it's, Watiti's Hitler. Yeah. I've been I've been hearing that it's going to be up for, it should be up for Best Picture. Do you think this is one of the best films you've seen this year? 
Well, I mean, that's hard to say because, like, I think one of the best films I've seen this year is Shazam, and no one's nominating Shazam for Best Picture. (laughs) Take your comic book hat off and tell me, like, in terms of compared to the Once Upon a Times in Hollywood, the Jokers, the... uh... I'm trying to think of some of the more serious movies we've seen this year. I mean, I definitely think it was probably one of the better serious movies that came out. Um, I just think it got a really... I think, you know, a, a big part of getting good recognition for Oscars is utilizing your big players and having them, like, you know, really... Campaign? Contribute. Well, no, I mean, just really contribute to the film and, like, you know, not just be, like, cameos. True. Like Sam Rockwell was in it, and Sam Rockwell like really plays like a, a really interesting take of a character you wouldn't think of in a Nazi uniform. But you know, it's all very comedic. It's all very satirical. So I don't want to give his give his stuff away because you know I think it's something that everyone should go check out. But like it, it's really funny. Like it's not anything that's like too solemn of a World War II sort of thing. There definitely does have its moments because it is World War II. It is war. But uh, it's re- it's really 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 funny. Okay, cool, cool. What else? Had, what else you saw? Uh, the next night I saw this movie that was filmed partly in Louisiana, but it it has you know national actors and actresses in it. It's this movie called Easy Does It, and it's uh, two best friends and their accidental hostage careen across the 1970s American South on a treasure hunt turned crime spree. It's kind of like. Yeah, I think it's something that you'd really be interested in. The The main person that anyone would recognize in this movie is Linda Hamilton, who, of course, is you know Sarah Connor from Terminator. Yeah. Uh, so she's in this. She's not, like, the main character or anything, She, but she is one of the, the main characters. She's not the, one of the primary protagonists, but I guess she is, like, one of the main antagonists, I guess. Okay. But it's not like she takes a lot of screen time. Um, but it's like, uh, this guy, Brian Matheny wrote it and he didn't direct it, but, uh, it's him and this guy, Matthew Paul Martinez. And they're these two burnout, you could almost say white trash, uh, dudes. I, and... I would never say that. <laughs> Only you could say that word. Not I friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was just a bad joke my my mistake <laughs> um and so then like they're in jackson mississippi and they the guy gets a letter from his mom and it's like hey if you got this letter i'm dead but i left you something at this pier that we went to when you were a kid and it was like in california and so they end up like going across the country and like they're really not that smart they're really not like the brightest tools in the shed. So they just go around and like, oh, okay, well we'll just go to the convenience store and we'll just hold them up for gas. And, you know, and then we'll just leave them little IOUs. And when we come back with all our gold and we'll just give them money, <laughs> like, whatever. And then, but yeah, they do end up like picking up a hostage and, you know, yeah, that relationship kind of evolves along the way. And there's a lot of different storylines set through the, through the whole thing that make it a little bit interesting and also really funny is it, it was a funny movie. It was real, real uh, interesting. I just don't know how I can tell people to watch it as the thing. That's why mm. I'm like hesitant on it. it a little bit or, you know, stuff yeah. like that because it's, like, not, I really it's not one of the some, best. 
Well, it's not like it's not one of the best. It's just I don't know where people can see it. Like it's not. It wasn't made by Amazon Studios, so it's not going to be on Amazon. It's not coming to theaters. Mm, yeah, okay, so like, it, it's up if somebody picks it up or if you get it on DVD or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What else you saw? Uh, I yeah. One of the day that I said that I didn't get to see Ford Ferrari, I did see this movie called Troop Zero, and that's the movie that I wouldn't recommend for you. I don't really know if you be into it because it's about little girls and like <laughs> why would i watch a movie about little girls and they like killer little girls no i mean it's it's like little girls that you know one little girl has like a really big dream to become an astronaut and so she finds out that she wants to that she needs to join like you know this like girl scout group to have a chance to have her voice be recorded and sent into space oh yeah and I'm it's not like you know rag movie. ragtag group of you know you know, ruffians in this little, little small rural Georgia town, and they, you know, they what? try and fight the establishment, but you know, win the competition in their own way with their, you know, real. Well, yeah, you're with you're their right. heart. That's not my type of movie. Damn, do I have a type? Like, I, do I have a type on this show? Is that no, it's not that, but I mean, like, I just, I just don't think that that's the movie that you're gonna go run to. But I will say, like, if it's the, if it's a movie that some I, I'm not saying that your girlfriend would be interested in either. I don't know her taste, but if she was like, "Hey, Lyndon, like I really want you to watch this movie," I don't think you would hate it. It was something I walked into, and I was like, I didn't know where I was going to get into because it has Allison Janney in it, it has Viola Davis, Jim Ga- Jim Gaffigan. Okay, good actors. Yeah, I mean, it has good actors in it. Uh, Mike Epps is in it. Oh, go go ahead, Mike Epps, do your thing. So they they have good actors in it, and. Even the kid actors are really impressive too. The one of the funny things is one of the girls in the main in the group is most famous for a viral video she did. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but it was like this this little girl who like was dancing to uh, R E S B E C T, and she Yo, like I was like, I don't know. You know There's so many her viral body videos. around. Yeah, I know. But so, but that's what she was famous for. So it was interesting to see that that was like the one accreditation she had. And then a lot of the girls and stuff were in the the theater, so it was really interesting. And they were all really reactive to their film. So it was just it was a really nice uh, screening. Like okay. it was a really enjoyable screening. And they also played a short called Balloon, and it was kind of like exploring the idea of. It, it it reminded me of Brightburn, um, meets Social Justice. Mm. It was, <laughs> the way you describe that is terrible. Brightburn meets social, and, and I'm not saying your description is terrible. I'm just saying the way I I know what you're saying when you when you say that. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, because it's like a kid who's getting bullied for certain things realizes he has powers and he's like oh yeah well now i can you know, beat the crap out of people it's like <laughs> coming to terms with like realizing that people aren't your true friends i mean it's yeah whatever i i can't they have a, they the guys who were there have a better way of explaining it than me i'm not gonna explain their short film for them but i did see troop zero and it was a really surprising that i film that i enjoyed uh, and then i saw honey boy and Honey Boy was the Shia LaBeouf, I wouldn't say biopic, but it was like Shia LaBeouf based playing on himself. his 
his dad in a movie based on his life with his dad. And I guess it was interesting to find out that that was part of the truth. I don't really know what all was true. Like, a lot of it is them in a motel room. I don't really know if, like, I can't really imagine Shia LaBeouf the whole time that he was on Even Stevens was living in a motel room. Um, Maybe not till the end. But maybe that was the case. I don't know. Yeah, you you never know. That might be true. So, okay, my question with Honey Boy, was it as good as we have been led to believe? Because you don't sound really too know. excited about it. Well, I I just don't really know what the point of it was at the end of the day. It's not like it's a bad movie, but like I really don't understand. Like, are we trying to condemn the, the way his father felt? Is does but does he deep down always feel like he wanted to be his father? Is he just mad that like? Does he think that his whole life would have changed if his dad just would have like said that he loved him? Like, I mean, I just don't understand. Like what the whole what he was what he was trying to convey, point, yeah, yeah. With the whole point of it, because I mean, if it's not him, if if we're not saying that this is him, we're using like the fictional portrayal of him, and this isn't a biopic, then like, why are we talking about it? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like him, but it, and then at the, at the very end of the film, it's just showing him and pictures of him and his dad. Like this was like a, a biopic, and I'm like, well, I mean, then why don't we just like say that? Like, why don't we just be like, okay, well, this is Shia. And like the, you're on even Stevens. Well, I guess maybe you couldn't use yeah. the brights. That's what I'm saying. But... I don't think I don't think he. I think this was the way to get around the Disney thing. Maybe so. But we're we're glad. But, you but the actors did really good. Lucas Hedges is in it as well, and he does a good job of playing uh, rehab Shia. Cool, cool, cool. Do do they have the do it? Uh, no. Do, do they have but, any of the famous memes? But you can definitely tell that Lucas Hedges has been studying Shia LaBeouf. Okay, cool. What word? Right? Well, with mannerisms and the way he says things and stuff like that. Well, dope. I'm I'm gonna definitely see it. See what I think on it. Yeah, too. I mean, it, it was an Amazon Studios thing, so I think it might come out theaters and Amazon. So cool. I can watch it at my crib. That's what's up. You know what I heard? Quick side note. You know what I heard is one of the better movies of this year. That Adam Sandler uncut gems movie because it just it just got screen. Have you wait? Did we not talk about this this trailer? On this pod? I don't think so. Wait, the Adam Sandler gambling movie? Do you not know what I'm talking about right now? Is this what like is all... what platform? It's like, like it's coming to it's theaters. On it's it's coming to theaters? Yeah, it's coming to theaters. Adam Sandler un- uncut gems, or it might be a Netflix movie. I uh, know, no, it's coming to theaters. Yeah, I'm tripping. It's it's about where he's this this uh guy Howard Rattler, a jewelry store owner and dealer to the rich and famous. He has to pay his debts because uh he's in a gambling hole. And unlike the um unlike the Mark Wahlberg gambling movie, this one actually looks pretty damn good. Uh, KG's in it. Uh, a bunch of athletes are in it, and like they even said KG did a good job in this movie. That's what I'm hearing. Sure. I can't believe we didn't talk about this trailer. It's by A24 too. Dang. Well, interesting. Real. Well, let's jump to our reviews of Watchmen. Let's start with Watchmen first. Episode one of Watchmen is out, and boy, do they start off that series with a bang. Like, talk about intense show. Talk about uh, a different take on the thing. But we knew this, uh, and I and I want to implore fans to go wa- uh, read Damon Lindelof's message to the fans. He basically said that this is he's not doing a retelling of Watchmen, which we've known. He he thinks that's that's a, a faux pas. He feels that that work of art is very special. And what he wanted to do with this was just take some 
take that world that Alan Moore created and just kind of expand it. It's not a sequel. It's just characters who live in that world at a different time and just seeing how the world progressed. So good on. Yeah, like it seems like a lot of the people that are represented in the old story are like fictional characters. Well, we're like it's, it, we're not maybe not fictional characters, but like are pop culture icons. Yeah, and it's like Watchmen, the original, took place in the 80s during the Cold War, like, problems. That's why Reagan, in this episode, we saw him on uh, Mount Rushmore. Like, there's a lot of... Yeah, yeah. We still... This, this, this show, in episode one, did a great job of taking things from Watchmen and showing you that this is still that world, but we're doing a totally different story. And basically, the story is these cops can't show their faces because of a kill because of Regina King got shot at one point during her tenure as a cop by the, I'm not going to call them the sons of Rorschach cause they haven't called themselves that yet, but they're the seventh, uh, what, the, what is the, the seventh Calvary? Yeah. The seventh Calvary. And they've in that, they, they had like a little mini war between cops and, and criminals. And then for three years there was peace. And now, a cop gets shot. The Seven Calvary's making their move, and Regina King has to put on her suit again. I love that all these cops dress up like superheroes. I think that's a very interesting take, or, or vigilantes, whatever, whatever you want to say they dress up as. Yeah, like I almost feel like um, there's the cops, and then I feel like there, there's all the other people, like Regina King, are like people who want to be in the the business, but like have to do it through being cops, so that like, they're just like, okay, well, we'll show up. But I mean, they, were, the, they remind about, me of like detectives. Like you know how detectives are a little different than normal plainclothes police cops. They yeah. they're they're just like the vigilantes of the police department. But then I feel like I, I, my thought was the detectives were the guys with the full masks, the like the metallic mask. Mmm. See, but but he's like he's in the same boat as Regina King. Yeah, maybe so, that's just a shtick. Yeah, that's just like his because you notice they had the dude with the red mask on, which was just like a robber well, mask. <laughs> and that's also another thing. America has expanded its territories. Now there's, uh, I saw American flag. It looked like they had over like a hundred something states in America now. So this America has grown. We we heard yeah, they, that they uh, mentioned that like Vietnam. Vietnam is a state. Yeah, it's a state. Yeah. So, like I said, this the season of this show basically is. Them, the police versus this terrorist organization is the Seventh Cavalry, and they did it by telling through showing America's deep history with racism, and they tie it back to the Tulsa riots uh, uh, in nineteen twenty one. Yeah, nineteen twenty one, which was an actual event, which I thought was crazy. So yeah, is, I had to look that up. I was like, wait, that really happened? Mm-hmm. Is Yahya Abdul Mahin? Is he that? Is he the little boy? Uh, what, are you talking about the guy in the wheelchair? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 I'm not talking about the guy in the wheelchair, I'm talking about, is the dude Regina King's banging, is that the little boy? And is Regina King the little girl? That's what I assume. I guess. But or I mean, is... like, even then, like, I feel like that, that there would be too young to be too that young? person. Because, like, 1921, and then it's supposed to be 2019... Yeah, so, true. Like if Regina King was like a baby in 1921, like that doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so Regina King can't be that baby. Yeah, you're right. It might be the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, well, the guy. Like, yeah. And like that's the thing about the lead into like the the next episodes, like after at the, after the end of the episode where they did like for the next episodes or whatever. 
And I, and then also in this episode, we see Adrian uh, Vate. Uh, uh, I, I can never pronounce his freaking name. Ozymandias. We see uh, J- uh, Jeffrey Irons take on Ozymandias. They said that uh, Vite is dead. And we saw that in the papers. So no one believes that Ozymandias is alive. I'm very interested to see how he ties into all of this. And we've already had a, a Dr. Manhattan cameo. And in the teaser for the upcoming episodes, I think we will see Dr. Manhattan take come down on Earth and, and do some stuff. Yeah, or, at least, or at least talk. I'm wondering how soon that's going to happen. I think it will be a while. The, watching this episode showed me that the trailer was mostly scenes from this episode. Yeah, definitely. They, they've hidden a lot of stuff. Like, I, I thought this show was going to be very different from the trailer. And to see all this stuff happen in episode one, and spoiler alert, for the chief to die in episode one, I was like, holy shit. Like, I thought, I thought he was going to have a bigger role in this. Yeah, and I guess since you already mentioned that he died, you know, and the wheelchair guy apparently is supposed to be the one who strung him up. But I don't think the wheelchair guy killed him. Yeah, I don't think he killed him either, but I definitely think he strung him up. And I, that might be due to the fact that we saw that picture that was in the chief's home with one of those old people from Oklahoma, maybe one of his descendants, maybe That's one of his saying, yeah. was, was the people from that massacre. It's going to be interesting to see how this story progresses because we have the surface level stuff of cops versus this terrorist organization, but there's so much, so many more layers. Like, how does Rorschach and all this, like, are they just, are they the Rorschach journal that came out? Are they just misinterpreting it and using it to determine their own, like, agendas? Uh, I wonder how, well, no, Rorschach can't be in this because he's dead. Yeah, for sure. They're not bringing him back or anything. So, yeah, th- that that's kind of something that's in- intriguing. I wonder if we're going to get any Night Owl. I, I just wonder how much is going to tie back to the original. Yeah, I just don't think a lot of it is going to tie back to the original. I really think it is going to be, like, way true to the, this current time period. Uh, but the Dr. Manhattan may start being the, the time where things start becoming reminiscent. Or... If they were going to do anything that was going to hark back to the old Watchmen, that would be the time where it would start. Yeah. Cause I'm, but also, if Ozymandias being in this, we're going to have to figure out what his whole deal is. Because yeah, I'm that's, still kind of confused with all that. I am, me too. That 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 was like, there's only, because when I first started watching this, I was, I was kind of confused until a certain point. And then I was like, all right, I kind of get where we're going now. But then when we jump to seeing Ozymandias, it's like, all right, now nah, I definitely don't know where we're going. Yeah, like, what is this guy doing? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Another interesting thing of this was the when the cop in the beginning gets shot by the uh, 7th Cavalry member, and he like he's trying to get his gun, and that dude Panda wouldn't okay his gun stuff. I thought there was kind of some conspiracy involved. Like, my, 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 interest, my intro thoughts was that the chief was low-key a 7th Cavalry member, and he didn't want him to pull the gun out. That's what I was thinking at first. Did That's what I was thinking at first, too, and I thought that at the very end of the episode that the chief was, like, Gonna going live. to be was going to like go to a meeting, a seventh cavalry meeting. Same. Like, yeah. Like you got this like under that. control. Like something like, yeah, I thought he was gonna be like, Yeah, we got this under control. Don't you guys worry. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Like, you know what I mean? Like I thought he was gonna just be like, I'm with you guys, but that didn't happen. So I don't know where we're going from here. This is a show that we can't predict, so I'm just in for the ride. Yes, yeah, definitely. I you just got to be in for the ride. There's no way that you could predict what's going to happen next with this show because, I mean, it's all kind of taking, a, taking its own lane. Um, 
I really thought that one of the coolest scenes that they did was, you know, the shooting the cattle scene. Yeah, that was bad. Like, that was wild. And then, like, you know, using the cattle as, like, the the their shields and yeah. man like it was just really intense with that with all that and the with the i don't know what you call that gun but uh, yeah the, so that was the, the uh, turret the turret and then you know they had that the police cruiser flying thing that they had that they yeah, have or whatever that they based off of the night because see in the trailer it looked more like night owl ship and then it turns out that oh it's just like the police is like main chiefs like flying machine so they kind of took night owl's design yeah, so maybe that's like a another nod to the past. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think it's interesting to see like this new world of twenty in this world, this twenty nineteen world, where different like- technologies, different uh, different customs, histories. I guess you know, different histories, and then what's the, what's the deal with that you know mystery rain thing? Was it like squid juice? Like what the heck is that? Okay, so they said that's portals from the third dimension. Like that, that. Okay, so in okay in the comic, I know you're probably privy to the movie, but in the comic, there's like a lot of third dimension stuff like that. It's it's really hard for me to explain, like just off rip. But there there are definitely dimensional stuff popping off in Watchmen because uh, basically, Vite Enterprises kind of funded some some stuff that open portals and open open different stuff to uh the third dimension okay so like then that's just like an offset of that yeah yeah that's just like more tie-ins to the original comic because see the movie didn't tackle that at all sure and so i think that that's probably what this show is gonna do to try and honor the original and that's what that's what Lindelof said. Like he said, he's a big fan of Watchmen. That was something that him and his dad grew up on. So like he wanted to do justice to this in its own way. And another thing of this series that I was gonna say before you said the third dimension stuff. Fuck, what, 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 about, what was I about to get to? Damn, that something that stood out to me. It wasn't. Oh, I was just gonna say I like uh, how how good of a hero Regina King is to follow. Like I like that this is kind of her story um well not necessarily her story but like that you follow her yeah like i think she's a pretty dope hero like when we were doing the 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 running in the gun shit i was like yo this is badass also want to see what's up with the guy with the full silver mask i think he has some 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 shady Uh, shit uh the dude uh what's the actor's name his name's uh something nelson like tim blake nelson i think shmoe down it Maybe I'm right, but he was in holes and all that. Yeah, he was, and he's a good actor. Yeah, he's a good actor. It is Tim Blake Nelson. Look at you go. So, yeah, he was in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, he was also really good in that, too. But word up, man. We will be watching Watchmen, and will we be keep... I don't know if we'll do every episode, dropping it every episode on Monday from now on, but you guys will get our thoughts on Watchmen as the season progresses. But, Shuby, let's get to... Look, fans, the Nostra Shubmas and the Black Swami have to take a seat. This is just Lyndon and Schubert because we didn't predict anything this week. Titans, you threw us a curveball episode, did you not? Yeah. I thought Bruce Wayne was going to be more in this episode than when it was. Yeah, we definitely thought that there was going to be a physical Bruce Wayne, but I really think that, you know, taking it into a flashback was, we're well, not a flashback, but uh, kind of like a ghost. 
Yeah, like a some paranoid, like some. This reminded me of Batman the Animated Series a lot. How so? Like in you know how those episodes where Bruce is like imagining things because of his psychosis and like how his guilt's kind of eating at him, so he starts imagining all these different visions of stuff. Sure. That's kind of yeah. What that that's was. definitely what that was. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode we see. They had Connor Kent is in surgery because of the kryptonite bullet. He's kind of the B plot line of this. And let, let's just talk about Connor stuff before we get to the main A plot line. So Connor is infected with the kryptonite bullet from last episode. We see Corey trying to connect with him and help him. We see that like she she's upset with herself because she can't figure it out. Dawn's like he has impenetrable skin. We see that this toxin's kryptonite and then also um starfire speaks kryptonian to him so that was pretty interesting and where he's he's like where's eve watson and then eve watson is meanwhile is at as at cadmus and mercy graves is like look girl you're fired your lucky lex doesn't kill you just walk away and leave and she's like f this i'm eve watson i'm gonna do what i feel i'm trying to save connor so she goes then, well yeah and then like uh mercy was like he doesn't need to be he's dead like he's he's pretty much dead like he doesn't and we don't need to save him like we don't need anyone that has any dna of lex luther in the world and that super fellow yeah yeah so that was pretty dope and then eve watson goes breaks out crypto which i thought was look everything that i've known about kryptonite is that they can't really use their powers too well i don't exactly. know exactly i don't know yeah, if, I, I, I thought I that was that like too. a I thought that was kind of weak, but whatever. Like that I thought was like that a was cop out. Yeah, that was kind of a cop out where Crypto does his super beams and they put point at her iPhone and then they reflect the beams off of her iPhone screen. <sighs> it breaks his collar. Whatever. I'm I'm with it. Whatever. I'm with you. But then where this is where I kind of fall off when she wraps her arm around Crypto's neck and Crypto takes off like a speeding bullet. She would have definitely caught Whiplash and broke her neck. But if that didn't kill her. What would have killed her was her flying her head through the glass. Like, at least when it's Superman, he can use his shoulder and, like, block and, like, protect your head. You were just hanging on Crypto's neck, like, on the side. Like, you're just hanging on his neck. Like, how did that glass bust up all Eve Watson's face? Yeah, that kind of was a startling thing for me, too, because uh, I didn't realize that we had established that Crypto could fly yet. Yeah, because Connor can't fly, or at least. No. Yeah, I don't think he'll be able to fly. I think he can just jump really far. But interesting, whatever, cool. Eve Watson gets saved by Crypto. She goes, Crypto brings her to the tower. They let her up, and she's like, uh, we can't do anything to help him, blah, blah, blah. He needs a lot of radiation. And then Starfire's like, wait, radiation? Starfire ends up uh, hugging Connor to emit her solar energy. She gets Raven to contain her so the, Raven, so the radiation doesn't affect anyone else. You know, Raven gets her screen time for the day. Yeah, and then boom, a.k.a. Superman going into the sun, a solar flare, whatever. It happens. Connor gets brought back to life, and boom, the, the kryptonite's gone, even though I don't know if all that sun— I don't know from everything I've known about Superman, you have to remove the kryptonite bullet before you bring him to the sun. So I don't know if that's that solar radiation that Starfire did burned out all the— the bullet and the toxins, because the way they described it was like he got shot with a dart and then like toxins ingested, but it was nah, he got shot with a kryptonite bullet itself. So I don't know if it broke down once it got into him and laid kryptonite dust or whatever into his body. But that was just that was just something that I noticed like interesting. Like usually with Superman Lord, we have to take the kryptonite away from him or out of his body before we bring him to the sun. 
But, you know, good way to give Starfire some screen time and give Raven some screen time and close up in a Connor and also kind of nerf Connor and lay him down for a couple episodes because they said he needs like a day or two to recover before he uses his powers. Sure. And I think like where they're where they're at in the storyline really doesn't serve their new character very well. It's more focused on like the old Titans and understanding why they're in the predicament they're in. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll see Connor get any action until episode 10, 11, 12 around that range. Probably so. Yeah, but that's the end of his story. Let's get back to the main A story. Dick is they're, they're all grieving, honestly. They're all dealing with grief. Yeah, Jason's uh, kind of having a PTSD deal. Let me say this. This was one of Kieran Walter's best. I loved his performance in this. Like, I really did. You're talking about the guy who played Jason? Yeah. Yeah, me too. I thought he killed it. The way that, like, we see his PTSD and seeing him blame himself. He's, he's blaming himself more and more. He keeps reimagining him falling. Rose even tries to comfort him. She says, I see my father did a number on you. J- How do you feel about J-Rose or... Or Ro- R- Rosd, Jason Todd and Rose uh, Wilson, they got a little love thing going on. I was feeling it. I was like, go, Jason, get you, get you some, bro. Yeah, I definitely saw that coming. Like, I was like, oh, man, she's definitely came in for the D. <laughs> she wants that bad boy D. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, yeah. But, so... And then I was like, the one song she picked was Party Monster The Weeknd. I was, like, yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> interesting. I was like, I see the vibes. Like, out of all the weekend songs, the Pinky Pig Party Monster, it just shows you were just trying to get the D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then exactly. she told him, and then, she, and she, was, she was like, you can get more like, of it, yeah, if you don't be stupid. Yeah, the, more, the way she was trying to dance and come up on him, I was like, oh, yeah. She just did not come in here just to talk. <laughs> and then all of that gets shut down. When Rose finds a picture, well, no, finds Jericho's records, and she's like, Jason, how you got these records? And Jason's like, girl, I just fell off a slightest fucking a building. I don't know what the hell this is. These aren't my records. These are Dick's records. And she's like, oh, Dick didn't tell me about, about, about all this. And she's starting to figure out, like, there's something up. This is this leads to the Jericho Well, no, she pretty much like, figures it out. I mean, she's like, my father said he ran in the wrong crowd. It must have been, like, this crowd. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, she doesn't know. When I say figures it out, I mean like she doesn't know exactly what happened. But we're yeah, we're inching closer to us figuring out what happened between Jericho and the Titans. Um, the other Titans are getting memoirs of like their past haunting coming up to them, and and they they're experiencing like Donna got the orange soda. My boy Hank got a bottle of bourbon to send him spiraling out with his alcoholism. Dawn got a picture of their old friends, so they're they're all thinking Jason's to blame. And Jason's like, I didn't do this. Like, I really didn't. I've been in my room all day. And this kind of weighs on him that he feels like he's a nuisance to everybody. And this is where we'll stop with this storyline to talk about Dick. The main stuff with Dick is Dick feels responsible. Dick's blaming, blaming himself. The episode starts with him imagining a speech that Batman would give him if he would call him and he's and he's afraid to call Batman. He doesn't want to. He wants to handle this on his own. Maybe that's his ego or maybe that's the fear. Even Batman Bruce Wayne Ian Lynn says that. So we see we see Dick going through some stuff. Yeah, Dick's definitely struggling a little bit here with uh having to having the secret that's kind of looming, you know, not feeling that he wasn't fully there for Jason and may not be doing what's best for him 
Um, and then, you know, being concerned about the rest of the team as well. So he's working through a lot at the moment. And, and he's like, I mean, he's I even got... trying to, I mean, he's well, trying no, he... to find himself too. Yeah, he's trying to find himself. But then he's like, I got to put all this on hold. I got to go find Deathstroke. I got to end this. So yeah. Dick, Dick starts his journey to try to find Deathstroke. He goes to this bar to interrogate a, interrogate a person. And I, and, I'm, and I like this part with Bruce, their interaction, because Dick's imagining all of the things that Bruce would say. And then Dick's, Dick's asking the guy questions nicely. And Bruce's like, come on, bro, what, what are you doing? And then, then Dick finally does the Batman interrogation method. And, and Bruce is like, attaboy, that's my, that's my son. <laughs> I was just like, yo, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yeah, like those those were some of my favorite moments for sure. Just like the imagination of Dick just thinking about what Batman would say at this. It's almost like you know, WWBD, what would Batman do or whatever. We even we even got Bruce Wayne dancing at a burlesque show. Yeah. While Dick was, was trying to get crazy. information of, of for Wintergreen, but that was interesting, man. Ian Glenn, bro. You're, and then he even did an Alfred like accent, and I was like, this this guy's doing this guy with his own accent is attempting to do a British or Scottish accent. I was just like, oh man, this is this is this is an interesting take on Batman. My, I must say. <laughs> yeah, it was funny how he was ragging on Alfred a little bit there. He was like, why don't you call Alfred, Dick? I know you need someone to take care of your problems for you, but Alfred's not here right now. And that shit was hilarious, bro. Like Dick, this was like Bruce being. Super, super candid and blunt to, to Dick. But it was something that he needed, and we see him switch from being humorous to being a teacher when he goes to Wintergreen. Dick Dick picks up a gun, and he's like, no guns, Dick. No, gu Absolutely no guns. You know our rules. And then Dick's threatening Wintergreen. Wintergreen's like, I thought this was interesting. Wintergreen was like, bro, everything that you did, I don't even think I would do to my worst enemy. Like, what you did was just un unspeakable. So... We still don't know what Dick has done. We will find that out next episode, but it must be pretty bad for even Wintergreen to tell him he wouldn't have done that to Slade either. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I just really think that it's time to know what what happened. Like, that's pretty much where I'm at after this episode. Like, this, this episode out of any of the other episodes is probably the most anticipation episode. Like there's definitely some quality events that happened within it, but at the very end I wasn't yeah, like, this was set up. satisfied with the episode. I was just like, okay, well now I'm ready to see what happens. Like what's the, what's, what's the, the secret? secret? Yeah. Dick ends up getting a call on Wintergreen's phone from Deathstroke telling him to go to this church. He goes back to the church, which has something to do with Jericho. All the pictures of what the, what's been going on in Titan's Tower has been there. And Bruce all day has been like, you need to be focused on Titan's Tower. They need you more. They need you more. And then he sees all these pictures. And Bruce like, I told you, they need you there. Dick goes back there. He sees all the chaos and whatnot. And he's like, Deathstroke's in the tower. We can't be dealing with this. And he's like, where's Jason? Jason left. Jason's on the rooftop. And we see the typical superhero Superman talking down the suicidal person, Spider-Man talking down the suicidal person. But I think this is interesting because we see a Robin, a former Robin, having to talk down the current Robin from committing suicide and, and Jason blaming all, all of this on himself. And he says, you guys would be better without me. I'm a poison. I haven't done good for anybody. And Dick's like, no, bro, I'm the poison. I, I'm the reason why we have all these, this tension here. This, my secret is this. I killed Jericho. And the episode ends. And I was like, Yo, okay, I don't think Dick actually killed him, but I do think Dick might have put him in the position where Deathstroke would shoot him or some something along those lines. Or that 
you know, he would die by falling or, you know, something like that. Just yeah. some, somehow put him in harm's way to where he died. Yes, exactly. That's why Rose still blames her father because Deathstroke might have did the act of killing, but Dick's just as responsible, if not more responsible, for the death of Jericho because he knew he was putting him in harm's way. I think that's how that's going to play out. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, let's kind of start talking about the next episode, I guess, what we think is going to happen. See, man, um, do you think he's a, do you think he's actually dead? I don't know. I don't think they just get this guy for a well, role and just thing, have a like, flashback. We just don't know enough about the situation to be able to make that determination. You know, we don't know if he's, you know, what Dick did. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I don't think we can do any more predictions until after episode eight. Like, I think we're kind of on a on a standstill of we need more information. Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of sitting on pins and needles, just like everyone else in the tower, wondering what the heck this big secret is. Yeah, big facts. So we get to find all that out next episode, episode eight. Episode seven might have been the weakest episode of the season in terms of fast-paced action, but I think Kieran Walters really made this one of the better episodes. I don't think it was like one of the best of the season, but I definitely think Kieran Walters' performance as Jason Todd saved this episode from being a dud. Yeah, it wasn't a waste. Yeah, it was not a waste because he did a great job. Like, this made me more endearing to Jason. And now I think when Jason actually does bite the bullet and die, I will be a sad I will be a sad person from watching this. Before, it was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for this kid to die. Like, get him out of here. We're ready for Red Hood. But now, great writing made me love this character. So now when he comes and becomes a villain, it's like, damn, I feel for him. And you kind of start to feel why he may start to think that that is a path for him. You yeah. Know, just seeing it in the moment of everyone kind of turning on him and thinking that he was the person causing uh, all the pranks, I guess. Is yeah, what they the thought. yeah, when he really had nothing, nothing to do to with do it and was also in a situation where he needed them the most, I guess. Yeah, like he needed them and they weren't there for him. But at yeah. least at least Dick ended up being there for him at the end. We'll see how all of that concludes next episode. I'm so excited. Like, Friday mornings, literally right when I wake up, I eat breakfast and watch Titans. So I can't wait to see what goes on in Jericho. Yeah, I'm excited too. But that kind of wraps things up here for episode 61 of the Bros Who Think podcast. Bros uh, Who Binge, bro. Oh, my cool. gosh. Bros <laughs> Who Binge. I'm sorry. Late night. Um, so... I don't really know. There's not any big movie. next. I'll be seeing Knives Out later, so I'll talk a little bit about Knives Out, but I mean, that's not something that's going to come out for a while, so I'm not going to try and spoil it for everyone. The next big movie that we have is November 1st, so it's not the next episode. Terminator. It's the, ep- it's the episode after that. Oh, you're saying Terminator. I was saying Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. Oh, man, that's a long movie. <laughs> uh, you're going to have to watch it, because I'm watching it. I'm excited for that movie. That movie's going to be lit. It's going to take me like three days. Well, you as long as it's before the show, my G, that's all that matters. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So we'll be doing that, I guess. Uh, next week's Pitch It. Yeah, next week is Pitch It. We'll do Titans. I don't know if we're going to be able to do Watchmen every time. Yeah, I don't know if, I like, like I said, you guys will get Watchmen as we watch it. So I don't yeah. know if you'll get it every week, but like, let's say you don't get it this week. The following, we'll talk about episode two. So whichever week you don't get it, the next week you'll definitely get it. Sure. Um, but 
Yeah, that's really all I have to to mention. Uh, Lyndon, what's going on with the network? Well, you guys will be getting the live version, the uh, the conversation that me and Krista had from Anime Talk. We're going to be releasing a special Anime Talk episode this Tuesday, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, also be on the lookout for the latest episodes of Primetime. LSU keeps winning, and they have a big matchup with Auburn, so I know Charles and Josh will be talking about that, as well as this Thursday, the BWT podcast will be back discussing all the good stuff and more, but you guys can find out more information on all those shows at BWT uh at Bros Who Think on Twitter or follow us on Facebook, Facebook slash Bros Who Think, uh, or you can follow me at Lynn BWT on Twitter, and you can will be get you will be informed on what's going on with the network. All right, well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashubert fourteen. I I will have a show next Sunday at nine ninety a.m. WGSO, uh, and on the TuneIn Radio app. Ooh. Yeah, you know, for you know my weekly show for sports. So yeah, the bench. Uh, uh, yeah, the bench, and that's gonna be next Sunday. So I don't. I guess that yeah, I'll say it now because I I still don't know when our episodes are coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not until Titan sees. Look, thank you, fans. Like I have to say this every week. You guys, thank you for putting up with the, this this release schedule. Because trust me, as soon as Titans ends, we will be back to Fridays. Yeah, I mean, we're both like, you know, working with work and then also personal lives. Yeah, so. big facts. The rate, speaking of work, yeah, you guys can listen to me if you're in Lafayette every day from two to six on 107.9. All right. Well, that wraps things up here for us in episode 61 of the Bros Revenge podcast. Stay tuned next week for Pitch It and have a great week and get to the movie theater and check out some films or stay at home. And as always, keep binging.